He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? And we're live. Welcome everybody here to the Anthony Irwin Show live edition here on the Silver Screen Roll Spaces. I am Anthony Irwin. Um, in a second, I'm going to be joined, as always, by Aaron Larsoul. I guess kind of a busy day. Uh, plenty to talk about here as as on this, uh, I guess, Tuesday afternoon, the LA Times published an exclusive interview that Bill Plaschke held with Jeannie Buss, in which she kind of talked about everything that was going on. Um, Aaron, can you can you hear me? Aaron, uh, do you have a a steady stash? Like, do, how many Hennessy's have you poured in in preparation for this <laughs> conversation? Uh, well, a few. Um, although, how different? I mean, to be honest, that that just kind of makes this a Tuesday morning, right? That's that's not all that <laughs> shocking. Uh, um, but yeah, I'm ready to go. Let's let's talk some Lakers. Let's talk about it. Plus, I'm a uh, Liverpool gave up an early goal, so yeah, it's been it's you know we're watching watching that and hanging out. Let's talk. Let's get it. I mean, I I always try to get into soccer. I I, I played soccer for maybe now not not as long, but I started playing soccer at an earlier age. Um, than I did basketball and even baseball. And I just can't get myself into, I like, I, I'm, I'm technically a Barcelona fan, but I just can't get myself to, to really dive all the way into soccer. So I think for, I have, I think you. I have, uh, I have a way to get you into it. I have played a grand total of zero competitive soccer matches in my life. I've literally mm-hmm. never played soccer, but, um, my brother and, uh, one of my best friends and then all my brother's boys from college, just kind of like artificially decided they were going to be Premier League fans, supporters actually is what they call it, um, mm-hmm. and kind of had a draw and ran sort semi-randomly picked teams uh, to give themselves something else to talk shit about on group chats <laughs> and yeah. to have more sports to watch when there is another uh-huh. stuff going on. Or uh, bet on. and Or bet on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so – I just kind of – I got into it a little later than they did, and Liverpool was the only of – there's these – clubs that are called the big six um, yeah and liverpool was the only one left that nobody else had picked so i just was awarded liverpool and now i'm fairly obsessed so <laughs> you need to you need to have a group of friends or people that you can talk shit yeah. with and then uh and then it's just an excuse to like go to the bar and and watch games at nine o'clock in the morning or you know all that kind of stuff <laughs> that's, but now, that's but now i'm in what i need now i'm now what i'm I, definitely in which is kind of what i need in my life is another excuse to go to a bar early in the morning that's uh, definitely man, what it's, it's why we're it's why you and i are such great friends <laughs> <laughs> um all right i guess we should dive into this um i poof man it's funny I sit here and I say, somebody at some point needs to say something. Somebody from the Lakers needs to come out and answer for some, some tough questions. Um, and the last two times that that, is, that has happened, uh, where there was Rob Palenka saying that uh, Frank Vogel appreciated the opportunity to coach the Lakers and, and was uh, thankful for how things went down 
that was certainly an interesting series of responses. And then this time, Jeannie Buss uh, speaks to Bill Plaschke in what probably should have been a podcast so that we could actually see if there was any kind of pushback on some of the things that Jeannie was saying. Um, it just, it, it, there were some, not many quotes here that I walked away from saying, yeah, she gets it. She understands where the fans kind of reside here on this. Aaron, I, while you were reading it, knowing that you were going to have to talk to me today, just put me in the room with you as you're reading this piece that again ran on the LA Times uh, sports column today. Um, I think that... Uh, well, so I saw it on Twitter. I saw people's reaction to it on Twitter before mm-hmm. I actually read it. Um, I didn't know it was coming out until I saw some of that. Um, so then, obviously, this morning I went and, and read it. And, I mean, maybe maybe, maybe this is me because I have, I guess, a different perspective or more of an mm-hmm. inside perspective. So, to me, it was kind of like much ado about nothing. Okay. None of the, none of the stuff was all that surprising to me. Um I think that, as you mentioned, you know, you've been in Laker fans and you are, are a prominent voice of, a, of Lakers fans. And as a Lakers fan, you know, been waiting for people to, to talk, people in power to, to say some things. Um, and I think Jeannie did a good job of acknowledging that, that, you know, at the beginning of the piece, mm-hmm. he kind of uh, they go into like she felt like she had been quiet for too long and it was time to say, you know, to talk. Um, I didn't think any of it was that relevatory. I mean, if you've been listening to The Hook or if you've been listening to to our live shows on Tuesdays, I've been telling you all of this stuff for months. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't find any of it all that relevatory. But, you know, I, I think I think the main thing, whether you think that this will be actionable or, as you said, she quotes unquote unquote gets it, she does recognize and acknowledge that this isn't good enough and that fans are frustrated and and have a reason to be to be and and rightfully so there is a standard if you are the lakers or root for the lakers or work for the lakers or own the lakers or play for the lakers or whatever there is a standard that comes along with that there is a different set of rules than anybody else in the nba has there is a different set of pressure and expectation that goes along with that and she says in the in the piece, and I will tell you personally, she understands that. And I mean, that is there are extra challenges with being connected to the Lakers, or in her case, owning Lakers. But she does get that. Does is that going to instill confidence that she's going to make the necessary decisions to get everybody where everybody wants to be? Who knows? But so one, one thing I can promise everybody in here is it will not be from a la- for a lack of trying or not caring. Well, all right. So it's good to hear that. Like the the combination of words is good to hear. But, you know, there's there's all this talk of accountability. It has to get better. We have to get better and this and that and the other. And then when she's asked about the various parties who played a roles in the way that the season played out, no. <laughs> no, I'm not going to hold Kurt Rambis personally responsible. Nope, doesn't look like we're holding Rob Polinka personally responsible. Are you getting ready to sell the team? Nope, not getting ready to sell the team either. So it's just like, yeah, that it sounds great to hear that, you know, she thinks that people need to be held accountable for this stuff. Um, except that there is no actual accountability that's taking place. Not right now. Okay. Okay. But if there was. Mm-hmm. Right. Other than other than Frank Vogel getting fired, publicly, I understand 
the the reaction that nobody's being held accountable publicly. Mm-hmm. But let me ask you this. But there's if, a, there aren't hold on, let me let me let me, there, have, there let me been, like I know what you're saying. You're about to say that like what she says publicly, she can't like go out there and say that yeah, Rob has one one year to figure this out, and that like yeah, I'm I'm getting done with with hearing about what Kurt and Phil and Magic have to say. I know she can't say that out there per se, but there aren't even any leaks. There's not there there haven't even been any leaks about the fact that like any of these people are feeling any actual rising temperature on the seats that they sit in like that. That makes me a little nervous. Okay. Like the- <laughs> what she, she did, she did also say in, in the piece that if there is another year like this, then she's going to have to look at making changes. Yeah. And, and I think, I think as it relates to, uh, I think as it relates to Rob, I think that's fair. I think he has done enough right. to, I think he's done enough to continue to, head basketball operations this off season and see if he can get it right. I think he's done enough for that. I don't do you, maybe there are people and maybe there are people that disagree with me and maybe we'll all hear from I'm them. Maybe them. I'll hear from you, mm-hmm. but I think he has done enough to earn this off season. All right. So here's, a, here's the only issue with even that though. Like, even if you say that we, there's no way to know like how this all go, goes down when any kind of decision is made, right? There's all these, I guess there's input coming from Magic, there's input coming from Phil, there's input coming from Kurt. And like the final say-so, I guess, is is Rob or whatever. But when there's so many people who are closer to uh, Jeannie just because of the friendships that she's had with them for longer than she's had that friendship with Rob, then it's impossible for anybody to really understand what it even looks like when he is made responsible for the, the the basketball decisions that are being made like that that's no correct you're you're right you're right but so what why 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 who says that he's going to be held responsible no, no, no. For, who said who said who said that decisions and for, for who says that fans input? get to, who says that fans like get to know that in what organization like uh, you're a you're a Vikings fan. Do you know exactly who's doing everything inside the Vikings? I know. I know. I can look. I I can know a lot more definitively that their new GM is the final say. Is the say for the the things that they are doing in this offseason. When they screwed up the draft, I know. All right, that was a pretty bad first draft for this guy in his role as as GM for the Vikings now. And I can say that because I know that he is responsible there. But but and Rob has all- told Rob has told you he is he is responsible for all the basketball decisions and Jeannie today said she is responsible for all of the decisions. Okay. You, you may not believe them or you may feel like it's convoluted, but they are telling you that. Yeah, but but again, it's like it, it's the same thing that I just said a second ago. It it feels like empty words when you say that he is the final say-so here, and there are people being held responsible and accountable for these things, but we can't, we can't identify any of that accountability. There's no way for anybody to really know who is actually being held accountable for all of this. How, how, okay, so how would you know that? Other than Frank Vogel, who was, who was fired, how w- other than somebody being fired, how would, I was going to say we know that, but how would you know that? Somebody, somebody not in that inner circle being brought in, somebody with actual NBA chops, somebody whose resume extends beyond the Lakerverse, bringing brought in 
and being introduced as an, an, an adult in the room. Like that, that's how you, you know, all right, she's, she's unwilling to make changes and, and, and get people out of the room. Fine. But why not hire somebody in an official capacity who has an actual resume, the resume that she thinks Kurt has, but with not Lakers jobs, right? Like she's unfair criticism of Kurt Rambis. Like that's an oxymoron. <laughs> unfair criticism of, of Kurt Rambis's resume, all but like eight years of his career have been spent in, in, in positions throughout the NBA that were handed to him or not, but not handed. He was officially, he was, he was first drafted, but then after that, you know, he, all of his positions in the NBA that he's had for the last 40 years have been given to him by Jeannie Buss and by Jeannie's family. So like, yeah, he has he he has been in the NBA for a long time, but she's directly responsible for that. If it was just Kurt Rambis's resume that kept him in the NBA, he wouldn't be in the NBA anymore. He wouldn't be he, he's not employable with the with the with the resume that he has. And frankly, so Rob wins the the championship and then immediately runs in the opposite direction of what made the Lakers successful in the first place. I'm not positive he would have a job as important as the job that he currently holds if not for his ties to the Lakers by way of Kobe and by way of his relationship, his friendship with Jeannie that was forged by way of his relationship with Kobe. So like if you, if you want to hold people accountable, you could introduce people who I can actually identify as, yeah, that person throughout the league is seen and respected for their ability to manage in the NBA, manage NBA culture, understand what kind of talent meshes well with whomever. But it just got more insular after a pretty disastrous season. Okay, so all of that is fair in my response. And, mm -hmm. and you and I talked about this months ago. And you asked me, is anybody leaving? And I said, no, mm -hmm. other, than, other than Frank, uh, no. Um, and you said, well, is anybody going to be added? And I said, uh, that's a different question, maybe. Um, but let's say you, and the example you gave is you bring somebody in with like NBA chops and that you would see that as there being some accountability, right? How would that person would be brought in under Rob? How would you have any idea what that person was responsible for? What they are accountable for? Well, uh, what, I, it would depend what I'm on saying what is that this that is a unique, hired for. this is a unique, <laughs> let's say they're an assistant, officially the assistant GM, right? Because they're not going to be brought in above Rob. Let's mm -hmm. say whoever you want, name anybody you want. They can be completely overqualified for the role. But it's clear that Rob is running basketball operations for now. Bring in anybody you want. I don't, I'm not going to name any names because <laughs> that could get people yeah. in trouble. But literally anybody you want even somebody on another team the most qualified basketball person you can think of they would be brought in under rob what would they be in charge of what would they be responsible for i think because it's the lakers and because they're because the season was bad and there is always this extra drama we there's a tv show about lakers drama with the lakers because it is the lakers there is this appetite for uh, for all of this knowledge that there just doesn't exist anywhere else. Now, look, I, I understand that it's a different situation, and you have made the point that Jeannie gets extra criticism, perhaps different criticism, because she is a woman owner. I think that plays into this too. Mm -hmm. But no matter who you want, 
the you can take the GM that any GM that that LeBron lauded at 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 uh at the all-star weekend you can have less sneed how about that he can come in and say <laughs> and say fuck these picks and he can yeah. he can work for the lakers i like i don't know that we would have any like nba teams don't have these organizational trees that like are are public right like let's take the jazz for example they brought in danny ainge who does something they still have a gm and they have a president and danny ainge is a consultant but maybe he's in charge or maybe he isn't maybe he's just playing golf maybe he's just friends with with the owner like we don't unless you are inside the organization you don't know who is directly responsible for what and i don't well, i think it's i think it's like i understand that it's frustrating but i don't think the lakers are a unique situation in that like it is being painted out do you think all right, so you've been around, you've been, you've worked in different organizations and you know how, you know more about how other teams even right now are currently run. And, and, and even as you just say what you said, the Lakers, from my understanding of where they're at compared to other teams, are running a thinner staff. They do employ a thinner staff than especially some of the teams that they're competing against within their own division, Right. Would you would you say that would that's that's a fair assessment of of the Lakers compared to other teams? I think the Lakers, uh, as it as it relates to like basketball operations, yeah, like they're 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 basketball operations teams and and people with with official capacities within that organization, like it is a thinner staff than most. I would I would say it is I would say it is like thinner than average I guess but not like shockingly so. Um, when I was in when I was in Portland, that we had a bunch of people there, and then Neil Olshay, who came from the Clippers, took over, and basically made every decision. There were still people employed, but he wouldn't let anybody else make a phone call, receive a phone call. Like everything had to go through him directly, mm-hmm. which was very different than how it was before. Yeah. And that is because he had come from the clip. Now it wasn't it wasn't the Balmer Clippers, but he had come from the Clippers, who were a complete skeleton crew. That is, yeah. what, he was basically the only dude working there. So when he came, that was that is what he was used to. So I think it it definitely varies. Right now, the Clippers have a ton of people, and there's some question as who's making the decisions there too. There's always questions about who's making the decisions. Um, so yes, I think it is fair to say that the Lakers are probably not like in the top third of the league in number of basketball operations, official basketball operations employees. I think that's fair, but I don't think it is like in stark shocking contrast to the rest of the league. Okay. But like, all right. So the, the thing that I, I, I find myself most, the Lakers basketball operations department, I don't know. I don't really know what's going on in Phoenix and I, nobody knows what's going on with the Kings. But yes, I think the Lakers do have a smaller basketball operations operation uh, than, than the clip than the Clippers or Warriors. Yes. Yeah, and then and then I would probably say the Celtics is 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 probably a bigger staff with more people there in official capacities. Uh, I, I'm just I'm just basing that off of what I've I've read about it, but it just so what it basically comes down to for me is. If the Lakers are going to hold themselves up as and, and brand themselves off of Lakers exceptionalism, right? Um, there is literally a podcast called the Lakers Exceptionalism Pod, right? Uh, and and if we're to sit here and say like, okay, uh, 
you know the Lakers are 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 going to generate revenue off of that that Lakers exceptionalism brand. I don't need to hear the the Lakers owner complaining about how expensive last year was. Like, yeah, it it is expensive to compete in the NBA. You guys also generate more revenue than just about every other team in the league. So, like, I don't know when when she says that. It was, it, 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 let me find the exact quote. Yeah. So I'm growing very impatient just because we have the fourth highest payroll in the league. When you spend that kind of money on the luxury tax, you expect to go deep into the playoffs. So yeah, it was gut wrenching for me to go out on a limb like that and not get the results we were looking for. I'm not happy. I'm not satisfied. It's like, okay, you literally did have a, uh, the, the fourth highest payroll in the NBA. Um, it was also not, it, it, it was, Closer in competition to fifth by a lot than it was to uh, third and second place. And it could have been higher and it could have been a more competitive roster um, if they had brought back an important part of a championship team. And you combine that with a thinner front office and it's just like, hey, is there anything that is, you know, is there anything that isn't having pennies pinched on it right now? Right? Because even even Frank Vogel's extension was only you. It was the kind of extension that, as he was handed it, everybody knew. Oh, okay, yeah, that guy's fired at the, after the end of the season. You know, they they weren't willing to go as far in terms of years for Teron Liu. So, like, there's this trend of, all right, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna spend as much as we can, but we aren't really going to compete with the teams that are at the top of the league. And we are also going to complain about how much we spent and the lack of results as we spend that much, even while everybody is able to see what other teams are spending, not just in terms of payroll, but also in terms of operational and organizational um, you know, staffs that they have out there that aren't so reliant, aren't as reliant on unofficial consultants who haven't been relevant in the NBA for a decade plus. So it's like, if you're going to go out here and say that, yeah, this situation sucks, that I'm angry and we're all angry, um, and no real foundation, foundational change is actually going to take place, then I, I don't know, man. Like For me and where I'm sitting... I think I would have been fine not reading that article this morning from from Bill, Bill Plaschke. I'd, and what, that's usually how I feel about Bill Plaschke articles, but this <laughs> one especially. Uh, so, I was offsides. That sucks. Um, so, <laughs> my point my point was offsides. Or <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, kind of. Actually, kind of. Kind of. Okay, that's fine. Because in the same in the same like two or three sentences, you said. The Lakers have the fourth highest payroll in the NBA and then wondered if there was any area that they were not going to penny pinch, penny pinch, penny pinch, penny pen in comparison, penny in pinch. comparison, uh, in comparison to the, the teams that are at the top, okay, right? Okay, Where okay, fine. But look, Golden State's pay, Golden State, Golden State Brooklyn, and Golden, State, Golden State, Brooklyn and the Clippers uh-huh. are going to spend more than the Lakers, period, period. Yeah, that sucks to hear, man. Uh, fine, well, fine, <laughs> like, but like, this is not. This also isn't news. Um, I mean, it, it, so I think, I, the frustration. I think, the frustration. I think it is fr- news, Aaron. I think it is news to to people who, you know, have have an anticipation that hey, 
it is expensive as hell to be a Lakers fan. It is, <laughs> you, for, for a little while, you had to pay extra to get the cable package because of the move to Spectrum. Um, eventually it got picked up by DirecTV, but like, you know, it's, it's on, uh, it was at least when I was back home, it was on a different package. Um, tickets to games are, I think either the highest or second highest on average in, in the NBA. Um, there's constant number changes because (laughs) LeBron and AD can't, can't decide on what number they want to wear as members of the Lakers. You got to get, oh no, I think you got to get that as an American express. I think that gets you the jersey. (laughs) Oh, maybe that's only if somebody gets traded. I think it's only traded. Yeah. Um, so like it, it, like the, but even there, like the, uh, the merchandise for Lakers stuff is on par, if not more expensive than, than everybody. It's not like LeBron jerseys go on sale, you know? And, and so like if, if fans are expected to go out of their way and make financial commitments to this team that are at or higher than fans of other teams throughout the league, then, Asking the team to compete at least with the the financially compete with the teams in their own division doesn't seem like in in out of this world request. I'm not suggesting. I, I, I again, I very believe very strongly in not telling fans how to fan. Right, so I'm not going to tell people whether their request is reasonable or not. I'm just telling you it's not happening. So I don't. Okay. Like and and the frustration for Jeannie, I think was, or not just Jeannie, but that she that she relayed in the article was, I think, part of the reason for whoever, because she was not the one going out and requesting like we got to trade for Russell Westbrook. I think that was people coming to her and saying, "This is what we need to make a deep playoff run." Hey, we're going to ask to go pretty heavily into the tax, more so than the Lakers normally do. And that was going to lead to a deep playoff run, and it didn't happen. So I understand why that is frustrating. Like uh, Maples, I'm sure you know Jason Maples too, but Mm -hmm. he and I were having a little conversation on Twitter because he was frustrated. He's a Lakers fan, and he was frustrated by it too and about, you know, the Lakers not necessarily wanting to be in the tax. I don't think there's anybody that wants to be in the tax for a team that's not going to the playoffs. I don't think that is unique to Genie. Um, and but he said, you know, he was frustrated by like you have to pay the tax. And I think going forward to be competitive, you are going to have to be willing to spend. Mm-hmm. But his point was we're seeing in real time that to win you have to go, and that's not true. The last two title teams, including the Lakers, were not in the luxury tax. Toronto the year before that was, but. It is not a requirement. Now, I think you have to be willing to, and she is willing to, but like you're seeing it with, with Josai in Brooklyn also. Like, he's going to have to theoretically sign Kyrie Irving to another big deal, and they're not going anywhere, or at least they haven't in a couple years. So there, there is always, I don't care how much money you have, and there are plenty of owners that have more money than Jeannie has. But for all of them, there is a cost-benefit analysis of how much can we spend based on the results and how much she spent this year isn't good enough for the results that the team got. I think that's. I think it is fair for her to be frustrated by that. And fine, but her not wanting to spend, if it played any role whatsoever in, in, in Caruso walking out the door, 
is in <laughs> part of what costs her playoff revenue. Like if they have Caruso, they're probably if they have Caruso the on this roster, there. How many more games does Alex Caruso win them? Alex Caruso is a really good player and one of my favorite dudes. Like I'm not, I'm friendly with a lot of guys. I don't know friends or acquaintances or whatever that the guys that travel. Right, mm-hmm. he is one of the guys I am closest with. I mean, and this he's, is and probably... he's a damn and he's a damn good basketball player. But how? Like you're telling me that he gets them where? Well. Caruso allows you to at least consider sending Russ home or limit the role that Russ had on the team. So if you're keeping Caruso and there, and also, you know, limiting the damage that Russell Westbrook was doing on the court, then I, I do think he makes a significant jump in your, in your win total over the, over, over the course of the season and let alone in the playoffs where we know he's a playoffs player. So he is he is damn good, and I'm a huge AC fan. I, he's a damn good player. He wins. He connects things. I, and again, I disagreed with him leaving. However, like I, there's more to it than that. With the see, there was so much that went wrong this season that I don't I don't know that it's fair to say, well, you keep Alex Caruso, and that costs you whatever it costs to keep Alex Caruso, and you're making that back because you're making a deep playoff run or a deeper playoff run or a playoff run at all. I don't know. I don't know that that like one to one comparison is. No, I get the front again. I said I was. Caruso would have been the third best player on the Lakers this year by a lot. No, Cooper would not agree with you. Cooper would. Cooper would still. (laughs) Cooper in the Slack would still tell you that the reason for the reason for all of this is Austin Reeves. Like the 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 distance even between Caruso and uh, and Westbrook, right? Who was they were hoping would be their their third best player? I don't even know if he necessarily was, but. Like Caruso being the third best player on this team slots everybody into more realistic roles for what they were asked to do. You don't need Austin Reeves to go out there and start in in important games late in the year. Maybe Talon Horton Tucker, he he hey, THT fits better with Caruso than he ever would with Russ. Does that limit the minutes that he was playing alongside Russ versus playing potentially next to Caruso instead? Like there are so many things that just fit into better place that make the Lakers just a better team. On top of the fact that Caruso is just, he is consistently linked to winning everywhere that he has gone to this point. All of that, um, all of that is completely fair. And again, yeah. I understand fans' frustration with Caruso not being a Laker anymore. I, I completely get it. And again, internally, I advocated for keeping Caruso. Mm-hmm. So I get, I get all of that. I get my point is if LeBron and AD play whatever, you know, I don't even know how many games they played. If they, what did they play, 90 games combined or 100 games combined, something like that? If LeBron and AD only play 100 games, like it doesn't matter. None of it matters.